So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. We're good to go. Uh, we're here. Episode 31. 31, man. And this is a conversation here that I've been trying to have for a while. Yeah. We, we've been meaning to get together with you and, and have this conversation. Uh, but, you know, life gets in the way and whatnot. But Absolutely. we're glad to have you. Awesome. Mo, Thank Mohammed. You. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. Hey, why, don't you, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? For sure. Yeah. My name is Mohammed Fanous. I am an American-born citizen, but uh, my parents are Lebanese, and uh, nice. I lived in Lebanon for almost half of my life. Wow. So, like the first half or the later half? Uh, the first half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where, uh, you know, I get to learn a few languages, uh, so Arabic, and then uh, English was mandated at the school, and then French, you learn it when you're in like third grade so okay so you know you you're fluent in all three uh just uh, arabic and english uh, french un peu comme ci comme ça you know it's a couple words you can tell me that means anything i believe it sounds it sounds for sure definitely it sounds french yeah is that is that um is that pretty common in schools in Lebanon? Oh, yeah, yeah the, especially the private schools. So. They really, you know, oh, yeah. they really kind of push learning different languages oh, to kind of help you out, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. anywhere in the world, I guess, oh, yeah. especially out there. Yeah, because uh, unfortunately what happens in Lebanon nowadays with this, uh, you know, corrupt uh, politicians over there handling the country that you learn, and then based on the education, you want to either focus on English or French, and then you got the options to study abroad, where France, uh, famous for their universities, and same thing with America and, and uh, Britain. So those languages, you got to use that overseas. You can't mm -hmm. use Arabic in those universities. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. And, and, you know, so that's what, that's what happened. And I think what pushed it the most was because probably the Civil War, uh, 1975 to 1990, you really wanted to step up your game and and build the future and you can't build it in Lebanon else. unfortunately and that's how and all of these are living now like that. Did your parent did your parents come here yeah. uh, just kind of based out of that situation? Absolutely yeah uh, so around the you know the late 80s my father um, traveled to Florida and that's where I was born in Tampa and but he uh, met my mom in Beirut uh, the capital of Lebanon and uh, 
and that's where <laughs> I was born in Tampa, Florida. Okay. So, so hold on. So, you did they plan that on purpose, or was it like a vacation? No, no. It, it was. It was. Like, a, what happened? You know, when you when you graduate from university, and and you know, my father is an engineer, and he didn't end up finding a job at his home country. Mm. What are you gonna do? Just yeah. uh, sit at home, watch TV. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> so he came here for for work. Yeah. Uh, did did he meet your wife or my did, mom? His mom. My my, my mom. Yeah. Your mom. Yeah. He met he met her here. Uh, or no, he met her in Lebanon. Lebanon. He they did. they came here together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so that's when he was working uh, over in Florida. Mom was just a stay home. Okay. Mom and uh, and so I was living there for about a year, year and a half. And then uh, he said, well, I got a job offer in Saudi Arabia, bigger contract. And then so we moved to Lebanon uh, where, you know, my, my family's there from both sides of my parents. And uh, my dad would travel back and forth between Saudi Arabia and Lebanon. Sorry, I just had a quick question. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the topics we've touched base on on a previous episode was immigration to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you being uh, born... A U.S. born yeah. kid, you know, automatically a U.S. citizen, and then going to live your first half of your life in Lebanon. Like, how do the Lebanese feel about uh, you know immigration and, and and people coming in, especially um, being that again you were a U.S. citizen? Was was life as uh, complicated on purpose as it is here for immigrants? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, just uh, <laughs> did you have uh, dual citizenship, or you just? Uh, of American? course, uh, of course, I had my Lebanese citizenship, but uh, you know, my my passport is expired in Lebanon, so <laughs> I can go back and well, renew it anytime soon. But I just don't feel there's a use for it anymore, right. unfortunately, with what's going on. Well, it's because right. it's interesting because uh, you know one of our buddies, he was born in Mexico, uh, didn't even spend. A, month there moved to the u.s right after he was born uh in mexico and then was never like never became a citizen the whole time so you were born in america and Mm -hmm. then you're you're talking about of course i had my lebanese citizenship so it's like it's crazy how how much it sounds like it was a lot easier a lot less of a pain in the ass to um be you know be considered a citizen in Lebanon uh, than it would have been if you were trying to come in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you said like of course so like what's what's the process there? Is it just like hey both of my parents are Lebanese I'm living in Lebanon like yeah but like that <laughs> but unfortunately it's not the way how it's easier over here to get your documents uh, yeah, yeah taken care of um, you know Lebanon is a third world country and uh, unfortunately. We we didn't know how to use our resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is super rich with oil mm-hmm. and natural gas on the Mediterranean Sea, and we still didn't get one single drop out of that. And we knew about it from the 50s. I had a professor in college. He was uh, teaching us accounting, and he told me his story that he had to travel to Beirut with his dad, and his dad was going around the Mediterranean Sea to check how much oil is in there yeah. and he told them there was there was buku <laughs> so much yeah, yeah oh my goodness unbelievable and they knew about that 50 60 70 years ago and nothing has been done mm-hmm. and then we got our <laughs> our neighbor israel mm-hmm. uh taking as much as they want right. god knows how much right. they're stealing from right. lebanon or right. not right and you got cyprus 
they are on top of the world. Uh, they were relying on tourism. Now they got oil, you know, added to their <laughs> um, income. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They're f flourishing. I mean, like that. Uh, that that when you hear your neighbors are booming, and you can't do anything about it. It's mm. it's it's very sad. Is there is there a lot of uh, is it like an unfortunate circumstance where uh, other countries get involved militarily uh, in Lebanon, and that's why they can't like they they just kind of caught on too late, and they. You know, if they did want to get in, you know, access to that oil, is are they kind of just like pushed to the side and just not? They're not as recognized or respected as a country. Is that kind of what's going on out there? That, that's that's what's going on in the entire region of Middle East. Unfortunately, you got Israel right. that took over a country that was called Palestine. Right. That's to them, but we we still call it Palestine mm -hmm. and. Uh, and when you go in and you take a country away and you want to make sure that that state of Israel stays there, um, you want to make sure you spread the cancer cells around the region. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Lebanon is north of Israel. And that's where uh, where we had the civil war. And then they added Hezbollah, mm -hmm. which now it's yeah. considered a terrorist group. Yeah. And so when you keep that uh, turmoil going, when you keep... Uh, 18 different religion in Lebanon, 18 different yeah, ones, crazy. where they fight among each other and they forget about the resources that we have and we can't be able to do anything about it. That's what makes Israel stronger. Yeah. And then when you have a strong state of Israel, you have happy America and then the taxpayers keep funding Israel mm -hmm. and then more weapons are built and more, uh, you know, intelligent companies are founded and, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and, and so on. And then you got in the south where you got Palestine and, uh, and then you got Jordan where their economy is crashing too. And uh, they, they keep fighting, uh, you know, about the Dead Sea uh, minerals and materials. And then you got Iraq with their turmoil. So all that region just a hot spot for uh, extremely hot spot and now let's uh, remember Syria mm -hmm. over half a million people died from 2011 till now just because there was a dictator who doesn't want to you know step away from his chair mm -hmm. and uh, and that's helping Israel as well because now you have all the countries around it super weak and then what makes Israel super strong a superpower yeah. exactly mm -hmm. yeah and is it kind of, uh, it's, it's such a sensitive topic. Uh, a lot of people, especially in America, since they're one of our biggest allies, it's hard for them to talk about all of the sketchy stuff that Israel is doing behind the scenes. And a lot of people don't want to make them out to be the bad guy. But... Um, What what would you tell Americans about that situation uh, to help them better understand it? Is it is it just corruption uh, in the government, or are the people do the people really hate Lebanese, you know, uh, or Palestinians? Is there really a lot of hate amongst the people, or is it just within the government? 
uh, th there is a lot of hate, and I and I'm and I'm pretty sure it's built by the U.S. government. And, you know, it's a propaganda, and and they're they're working on it day by day. They wanted to keep that hate in the region. Um, you, you know, let, let's remember one thing: the majority uh, of these, uh, you know, people living in the Middle East are Muslim, mm -hmm. and when you have Islam over there, it's it's. Uh, you know, it's advertised in the United States as a as a terrorist. Uh, uh, you the, know, same way, the same way they do to Islam. You know, over here, I mean, we have friends who have unfortunately saw a picture of a, a woman, you know, holding the Quran and a gun, yep. but doesn't necessarily mean she's a terrorist right. because she would defend her faith. That doesn't mean that she's going out and killing people for her faith but uh, and we were we were posing the question you know what's the difference of a young girl holding a Quran and a, and a rifle compared to a young girl in America holding the Bible and a rifle you're not for some reason Americans have this idea they won't point at the the girl with the Holy Bible and uh, and a rifle and say that she's a terrorist but they'll point at the the Muslim girl with a rifle and say that she's a terrorist, but there's there's what what why are we doing that? It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and of course, there is a problem with terrorism all, all over the world. It doesn't it, it it's not just Islam, you know. And America can be portrayed as terrorist too. We have so much domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. A lot of our own people killing our own people, going in you know mass shootings against our own people. I mean, it's right. so uncalled for. So, so I can see why, uh, you know, that the, there would be propaganda there mm -hmm. and saying that Americans are the terrorists. I, I can absolutely see, because we send our military all over the world right. to kill, divide, and conquer. And uh, is... Uh, how, how do you feel about it? Because obviously, you're here in America, right. amongst, you know, you might have family members who don't like Americans, um, but how do you feel being here, um, are you still a practicing Muslim? I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you feel about all the, the turmoil, the, the back and forth finger pointing and the hate? How do you feel? Doesn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, is there... A part of you, you know, that just wishes it would all stop. Is there a way that it can all stop? Is it, absolutely. Is yeah. is it, you just do you want to? You know, would you wish for us to be able to come together to help each other out instead of destroy each other? You know, is that how do you feel about all that being said? Well, I think it can stop right now, uh, but it gotta start from from each uh, one. Mm -hmm. And 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 you gotta ask yourself, hey, if if you practice your own faith, right? What what's the number one thing we all know about uh, monotheistic religion is that they that they all believe in one God, right? And and I'm pretty sure that all of them have one message in common is to be peaceful, and and Islam, in Arabic, <coughs> it means peace mm -hmm. uh, you know and it's called salam and that's uh, and that's where 
we feel like if we are practicing our faith and we're not bothering anyone mm -hmm. and we pray, pray five times a day, why can we not practice it here or any anywhere around the world in non-Muslim countries? Mm -hmm. And uh, and from there, uh, we ask ourselves like, okay, are we gonna be attacked? Are we gonna be uh, criticized, uh, discriminated? And then we go from from having this feeling inside us, having Islamophobia around us, and and affecting our life. And and where where we where we feel like okay well let, let's start from from the media let's not let's not let them call us terrorists anymore because we, we're not terrorists and and those are groups that are run by governments mm -hmm. they give them weapons they give them money and they tell them to go kill people mm -hmm. so if they're killing our own people imagine um, Arabs or uh, around the region in the Middle East, they they don't have to be Arabs, and they 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 are speaking in the name of Islam, and they're killing other uh, is, you know Muslim people. That's that's not in our religion. It's it's perverting it's, the faith. Exactly, exactly, and and that's what they wanted to have uh, in in the world to show that hey they're, they're bad people and uh, they they are violent, but in reality. We see, like in New Zealand, in uh, Christchurch, uh, where uh, the a guy from Australia traveled and just went in a mosque where they're just praying, mm -hmm. speaking to 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 their God, and uh, and they just die on the scene. Mm -hmm. um, you know, isn't that violent? Yeah. Isn't isn't that uh, terrorism? Yeah. So how many countries uh, says this is ter terrorism, especially none? Uh, you know, Muslim countries, right. very few, uh, I believe, and they want that um, message still spreading around that Muslim people are terrorists. And if it helps them, why? Because they want to create Al Qaeda again. They want to create um, ISIS again, and they'll name it another name. They'll bring another guy because they want to keep that turmoil there, where Israel benefits the most. Well, yeah, there's a lot of money in in war. There's exactly. a lot of lo money to be made. And spent. <coughs> and spent. And spent. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's like its own circulating economy of money coming in and out. And uh, it's really, really strange. Well, and we, and I mean, we, we kind of dipped our toes into like one of the deepest wells of conversation. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, conflict in the Middle East. But one thing I wanted to uh, circle back around to, so... You said you spent the first half of your life in Lebanon. So, what mm -hmm. what age did you come back here? I was fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Ooh, straight in high school. High school. Yep. Man. <laughs> okay. So, what, you, what, what year was that? That would also give us a better idea. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, that was in two thousand five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so okay. So you, you come, come back to back. America. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because I had a I had a couple Muslim people in high school with me around, you know. 2001 mm -hmm. okay. around the you know early 2000s mm -hmm. and I I've seen the the hate like towards those Muslims especially girls. after 9-11 yeah, yeah yeah and it was I never just I never understood it like I got I got you know after what happened at you know 9-11 I, I understood why there was a a surge of American pride and you know we have to 
go defeat the enemies, whoever the enemy was, whether it was created, you know, within our own governments. I, I think that everybody became the enemy to a lot of Americans, but it wasn't. I don't know why I never looked at it that way. I was like, this girl here who's just coming to school, walking around with her books, why is she getting bullied just because uh, she was wearing a veil? Uh, yeah. Uh, or you call it hijab. Yeah, she's wearing a hijab and just coming to school and being quiet, not messing with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I could see it on her face that she she was scared to be here and going to school here around everybody who thought that she was an enemy and like it was it's one of the saddest like most eye-opening things that I had ever experienced especially as a young man so you you how was your experience in high school in 2005 uh, it was it was amazing I liked it it was I was learning a new culture the American lifestyle you know um, I, I still keep my um, you know the culture that I was raised in Lebanon, I I hold it inside me a lot. Mm -hmm. I still listen to Arabic music. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, I love <laughs> I love the Arabic language. Right. it's beautiful. Right, and uh, and that's what the Quran is written in uh, in Arabic. Yeah, I've uh, read some, and it's it's like poetry. Yeah, really. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, we do share a lot of things in uh, common to, to compare to the uh, Bible and to the Torah. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as the culture, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, you may disagree in some things. Um, uh, you know, for for you to see girls hugging guys and you're Muslim, it was something we don't practice in Lebanon or Muslim countries. We like to distance ourselves from uh, from women. We we have a lot of respect for that, and you know we don't really shake their hands. We, we don't hug them. We just go like that, and it just gives you a lot of respect. Mm. Uh, and and uh, and I'm pretty sure, you know, if you talk to a Christian girl over in the U.S. and she sees a guy like that, she may like that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but imagine if you spread that culture among the. Uh, you know, Americans over here. Instead of the negativity of Islam, what would have be what would be at twenty years after nine eleven? And you know? not and not just you know spread the culture, but like not not necessarily like spread the faith or try to convert people. Which you know maybe according to Islam that that is a good thing uh, to to convert people to Islam. That's a good thing for them to come to Allah, but not necessarily like we have a horrible problem here in America with Christians shoving Christianity down people's throat. So be respectful if somebody doesn't want to, you know, convert to Islam, but like you said the culture let that spread the the respect for women. Uh I think, you know, a lot of people I've seen say uh you know they suppress their women there is a lot of oppression of women in the middle east mm -hmm. but um what i've also brought to their their attention is um a lot of the women it's not that in some cases yes you have to wear the hijab right but i i think that in some cases women choose to they they choose to because it's their faith and it's their culture and and that there's that mutual respect between right. man and woman and and it's not like if my if my girlfriend wanted to wear a hijab, 
like I would absolutely respect it. I'm not saying that she has to, okay. but um, I think we get it mixed up that I, because of propaganda, most likely. But I think it's beautiful, like the respect that you have. Like, I personally don't see anything wrong with hugging a friend that's a woman. Uh, but me neither. Right. Uh, yeah. But and and, uh, and living in America, that's what you know the cultural diffusion. You get to learn that, and you do that. Mm -hmm. You know. But but if but if you have a sense of respect uh, for women so much that you know some women just don't want that kind of affection from a guy that exactly. they just met, or it might feel as if like predatorial, what? like coming up and just hugging. It's like, you don't have the right to touch my body that way. Exactly. Um, so there's, I think there's a lot of blurred lines. Just it doesn't have to relate to Islam or any other religion. No, it's it's about what you just mentioned. It's just about the human you know, interaction and respect. Of respecting one. other people's bodies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so whenever... Um, so you, you came back during high school and um, I'm trying to trace the path <laughs> of how you got to where you're at now so you got it so uh you you where were you going to school at i was going to plano clark high school plano yeah. man that's a that's a there's a there's a lot of diversity in plano oh so yeah I, I loved it man yeah. i really did yeah like it uh th they they even had a program called ib uh where you take uh, like it's like called international baccalaureate where mm -hmm. Um, you take those classes and they're like AP classes where it's like, uh, um, you know, w they give you college credit and, uh, and that type of school when they offered it, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And you mm -hmm. kind of feel like, oh, so you are in a great uh, school district. Uh, you are getting the best education and then the diversity. It's like you see Indians, uh, um, you know, Africans, um, Chinese, mm -hmm. uh, Far East Asia. So... So that that's that diversity, including African Americans and Americans, um, and other you know um, nations or ethnicities we didn't mention, but that is is very big, mm -hmm. and and that's helpful because you get to learn uh, their culture, their food, um, their beliefs, mm -hmm. etc. Yeah, and you you said you you run your uh, business in Richardson, right? Right. Uh huh. So when did uh, when did you open up shop? Uh, it was in twenty twelve. Uh, uh, okay. It was around March, March 16th, and that's where... Did we mention he opened, a, you are a owner of a hookah lounge. Right. I'm not sure if we mentioned that, but... Um, that's where these super awesome, hence, super cool looking hookahs came The from. hookahs, appreciate it very much. You a gift it. from our friend. You're uh, welcome, man, for sure. So, yeah, how did that transition? How did yeah, why did you, you want to go into business? Hookah shop? In America. Uh, the, hookahs, <laughs> hookahs are very common... Uh, um, art or way of uh, smoking and mm -hmm. uh, Middle East socializing, and and we do we do uh, like to do that a lot. Um, it's something where you when you're playing cards or backgammon or after you finish eating, um, it becomes like a dessert. It's a delicacy. So mm -hmm. so it's very uh, it's very common in the Middle East, and, and but it actually started in India. Uh, that's where its history, uh, that's where it originated, and um, and from there it started spreading in the region. And I think the Middle East, where they 
perfected it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we saw the culture and we like it, you know, it's uh, it's it's beautiful. And then uh, when you smoke, it gives you buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're mingling and you're sharing it with your friends. Mm-hmm. I felt like, why not mm-hmm. do it in it's the U.S. and spread it in the together. U.S. Right. Exactly. And so, right. and you make good money out of it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then from there, you know, we thought, okay, let's do it in a lounge. Um, authentic lounge style and uh, have some music in there mm-hmm. I have a belly dancer mm-hmm. um, like Fridays and Saturdays mm-hmm. and some other events private events also if you want to do and yeah that's, maybe, how, a group that's how I met you yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how I met you was, uh, yeah it's been a while but yeah. doing uh, <laughs> music events that's hosted what, at your hoop lounge back, back when we started yeah, yeah. yeah that was that, I guess that was around 2012 oh, 13 maybe yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, fun so times. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. A lot of fun. Did you always want to own a hookah shop, or like, what? What were your, what? What? Are, no, I, what I, kind I, of aspirations I, do you have? Like, what are you? Good question. Are you I, building up beyond that, or um, see, like, I, I am. I am, of course. But I'm a business minded. I I, I, I took international business in, in college, and and I just figured that I busted my butt since I was 15. You know, and and when you're an immigrant, even if you're a U.S. citizen, um, you come here to accomplish your dreams. Mm -hmm. And I knew from the beginning, when we came off the plane, we landed at the land of opportunities. And those opportunities, I'm not going to let them go. Mm -hmm. I want to grab them. And I did. And thankfully, uh, you know, we saw saw a very good um, Middle Eastern community in the in Richardson, and we figured that people are liking it. They're digging the hook, and the, and they're enjoying it. They're mm-hmm. coming on a weekend with their uh, loved one or with their friends, and uh, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all this started clicking, and figured, okay, why not? Open up the best opportunity. Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's something where you would be you, you would be <laughs> you stupid not to right. kind of right. it, it's it's the best opportunity for you i mean i think it's perfect like you said the the muslim community there in richardson is quite 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 large large. and so that's i mean you would be kind of stupid not to be the one to open the hookah lounge for all of them to come and uh to gather and and bring their loved ones and everything so you just capitalized on the opportunity. Like you said, you, you have a business mind. So exactly, like, exactly. This opportunity is too good to pass. Right. No, for sure. And and prior to that, I was into uh, farmer's insurance. Um, and I was trying to open up an insurance agency. Uh, and got the license and all that. And it was fun, uh, you know, to, to write up an auto home policy, mm. make a good commission off That's of it. That's the first time in my entire life I've heard that described as fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, because I was 18, and that's something uh, new to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I was ambition. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the ambition I had inside me, I was like, man, uh, you know, to own a business at that young age, right. that's where it started from the insurance yeah. agency. But. Man, I, I realize how many phone calls I have to take. Mm-hmm. I realize how many times you want to approach some of the people that hang up on you or, mm-hmm. or they, they want to try again or you want to meet them to mm-hmm. give you your deck pages, mm-hmm. you know, declaration insurance page, and, and then tell them, hey, I can do better for you. But I was like, I felt like there might be a cap 
you know, where you can't really grow that much, especially with competition and rates changing up and down. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to hear how many people canceling, but I'd rather see my profit in hookahs mm-hmm. where how many people are coming and more people are coming. It's more, it's more manageable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is it just a hookah lounge or do you guys like, what, so let me, let me back up a little bit. I'm curious to know how things like cigarettes and things like, uh, like e-cigs and vapes or... and stuff like that, like how do those mesh or not mesh with your business? Like do you just sell it all or are you just like, no, we're just hookah, Excuse me. we're just trying to you know, provide this authentic experience or is it like, is all of that pretty much the same in, in the business owner hookah world? Well, we, we thought about the vaping, we thought about the e-cigs, uh, we thought it's a cool idea to add it into it, but we, we just decided, or I decided that, you know, let's keep it authentic, let's keep it just for the hookah, uh, traditional hookah with mm-hmm. charcoal and light mm-hmm. it up, not not even the electronic hookah, we even thought about that, There's, they even make electronic heads, I didn't even know that. and you put it right on top of the hookah, and you get that vape and smoke, they, <laughs> and they work that, pretty well. Yeah, and you, you want can, to keep it traditional. And if you don't want nicotine in your system, just you can get the oil without nicotine, oh, okay. uh, or you can get it with nicotine, different flavors right. for sure. Uh, but now, what's trending is uh, those little uh, disposable mm-hmm. um, e-cigs, and I think those are uh, helping the business out for if you're a retailer. So I think maybe in the future we may, dis- may decide like, hey, Distribute uh, you know, right? And, and then uh, put it on, on in the store and see if people want to puff on it while mm-hmm. they're also smoking hookah or maybe buy it on their way out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. good way to increase uh, And is that kind profit. of what you're doing with the with these hookahs that yeah. people can buy them on the way exactly. out? Exactly, absolutely, yeah. So we can also have like a, smoke it and go mm-hmm. so grab it and uh pay for uh, the what you smoked and then right. uh you get a discount because you already smoked it at the lounge yeah and so take you it with you home the and then the, buy shisha which right. is tobacco mm-hmm. and uh get some calls on your way out yeah and it's faster than ordering online right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right that sounds cool yeah. yeah that's pretty cool i was wondering because i know that um i uh whenever like e-cigs first hit the town, you know what I mean, whenever people start, first started uh, hearing wind of them, um, they were all the craze down here, and uh, there was a couple of uh, hookah shops that attempted to open up and stay afloat during uh, that time, um, but, you know, with a vapor shop right here, a vapor shop right here, and a hookah lounge right yeah. here, like, nobody was walking into the hookah lounge, or the people who were just weren't paying, you know what I mean, they just weren't, weren't they were just like coming in, hanging out for a little bit, saying hi to their friends and leaving. You know. What uh, I mean? So, so you so, didn't really uh, when when the e cigs and stuff came around, yeah, you didn't really feel any kind of blowback from it, like business stayed. Maybe a little bit, right. but uh, but it it didn't drive away the hookah smokers. Right. That's a good thing. It did the uh, you know d- decrease the sales for the people uh, who wanted to do both yeah you know so uh and of course for if you just switch from hookah to vaping that's what would hurt us right. mm-hmm. uh, but i think with the idea of hookah uh growing in the u.s and, and spreading very fast that uh, people are engaging 
to to it and uh, that I think it's it's keep adding more mm -hmm. customers into our lounge. Well, and you can uh, do it without like committing to being like a smoker or a vapor. Like yeah. you can do it casually. Exactly. And it's yeah. not it's not so um, the desire isn't so consuming after you're done smoking hookah right. that you're just like at the end of the day. Ah, like, oh, I need a hookah. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like you're you not know, the way people crave cigarettes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a different. Experience. We do we do have those type of clientele actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like twice, well, twice need, a day yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, like had a hard day at work. Right, right, right. I mean, <laughs> it's still it's still kind of like a come home and relax and. I mean, instead of like going to the hookah lounge and getting drunk, mm -hmm. and you have to drive home drunk, you know, you're just smoking hookah. What's like, not as uh, yeah. inebriating, so that you right. can't drive home? Oh, the buzz is very slight. You, you you know, you taste the flavor, you have a good time. A lot of people bring their laptops, mm -hmm. uh, sit down, a bit of work, work studies. Yeah. Uh, we got UTD right in our backyard. Uh, you yeah. know, so so it, it helps. It helps to. Uh, also see that diversity uh, of cultures because it's a hookah lounge and of different type of people, occupations or students so that mm -hmm. come in there. I would think that I, I really love the idea. I've always uh, loved going to hookah lounges. Uh, I love smoking hookah. I always have. Yes. I, haven't, I haven't done it as much, but um, now I... <laughs> when you leave, I'm probably going to go grab some coals and why, some uh, tobacco. Why is hookah better than other forms of tobacco? Well, because I sell it. Touche. I mean, if you want to think of it this way, it's it's like a combination of, of many factors. So you got the culture, uh, you, you got the uh, what we talked about socializing. Um, mm. we, we talked about... Um, the, the the idea of of uh, it's a different experience mm -hmm. and it's something where like a cigarette where you put that pack of cigarettes in your pocket you may want to do that more often right, right rather than a hookah hey let's go hang out uh, let's go meet up there it might be a one time thing in a month in a week um, you know a date but the other advantage of a hookah is that you got a water in the base it filters it out. There's no tar in the shisha, right. and and the nicotine is like 0.05 percent. So right. so when you add all this up, be like, oh okay, that's not bad. But generally speaking, smoking is bad for you regardless. Right. But if you take a puff, it's different than when you have 20 cigarettes in a pack. So right. so that's how. I think the most important aspect is the get together the social aspect mm -hmm. you can get there you can Absolutely. relax after a hard day or a hard week right. and be with friends the culture uh -huh. and i think that like a great thing about uh even plano how we were talking about how, how diverse it is up there i think that is one of the most eye-opening experiences for us instead of being uh put into these bubbles like some cities especially when you come further south there's less diversity, mm -hmm. and so they're not as open to other people's cultures. Uh, they're so quick to judge other people's cultures because That's they true. weren't. They're not around them. They're not getting the the full flavor of, oh, yeah. of what it's like to be in diverse cultures. And I think it's important because that's going to bring people together more. Right. Having those diverse communities, you know, people from Africa, people from the Middle East, people from Asia, people from France, people from wherever. Right. And you get you learn that we can exist in these communities of diverse people, 
and still be respectful of each other. We can all come to the same hookah lounge and sit down and and smoke a bowl of hookah together. And, and like there's that that beautiful, peaceful, socializing, important human factor that I, that I love about hookah and about diverse places. It, it, it takes away all the the hate, so to speak. Absolutely, it brings everybody together and opens up their eyes. So I think, uh, you know, with Islam being one of the the main uh, drivers of the hookah experience here in America, it's a beautiful gift that they've given to our culture, that they've shared with our culture, to be able to bring people together in that way. I, I just think if you want to ask a religious leader in Islam, uh, he will tell you, no, don't do hookah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, a, it's more of, of a, a cultural thing, it's not related to religion. I, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they'll tell you... Uh, any religious leader smoking is bad for you or they say the word haram you know which it means it's forbidden or it's not good for you um, but basically you know when you're having that lounge and you're trying to bring different people together it's it's a good feeling right. um, but you get this type of um, you know a crowd that wants to listen to certain music like just <laughs> hip hop or they just want to listen to country or rock it, it is so hard to put them all together yeah. and so now with hip hop being like the number one uh, genre I believe that that's what we're focusing on the most is because you got to look at what satisfies most people right. you can't keep everybody, can't happy. everybody happy and that is the toughest thing I had to <laughs> learn and you know and, and and focus on mm -hmm. that you can't do that but it can also i'm sure you've explored this idea and maybe you are still doing it uh yeah. but you know have different nights for you know like saturday night is belly dancer right. where you have you play some uh you know native music from lebanon or something right. and yeah. and also helps people uh experience a different culture and, and the beauty of that culture uh, so like I said, I I love you know Middle Eastern music, like the instruments, the 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 the, uh, the uh, language. Yeah. It's 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 very beautiful, and I think I, mean, I I would love like for more people to get exposure to that kind of. That's why I like always wanted to have a conversation with you and put it out there for people to hear because there's probably a lot of people in our you know our immediate you know friend group who don't get to sit down with a Muslim and have a conversation with a Muslim and see that it can happen right. you know we can sit down with Muslims and be friends with Muslims like there there doesn't have to be that overbearing hate that, right. that is so archaic it's old it's we need to move on to, to, exactly. to better friendships and better relationships uh, why I really wanted to have this conversation. Mm -hmm, absolutely, no, that, yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. Also, taking the I just mean taking the the mask off whenever people are like they have all these preconceived notions and right. they're just like I am absolutely sure that this is going to be a bad time. And it's like no, just you know, it's it's a lot harder for people to be ugly to people like in their face. You know what I mean? True. And that's why I like the idea of, of the hookah lounge. I, I and, and again, I used to go out to them a lot more often, but I just don't have a lot of time to go like hang out anywhere really these days. 
But no, I did. I did. You got father duties. You know? Yeah, <laughs> two kids, three dogs. Oh man, job. I was wondering, uh, did you experience? What was it? What was your experience like? Maybe it was pretty easy. Maybe you had a hard time. Experienced any uh, discrimination? Becoming a business of becoming a business owner as a Muslim in America. Did was there any? prejudice or or anything did did anybody try to get in the way and make it difficult for you or the fact that you're a US citizen was it pretty easy uh, no thankfully that 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 helped a lot right. when you're a US citizen and and I'm and I'm proud of of America I love this nation and God bless it but I I just do believe there is discrimination they that I mean I don't want to discuss that type of uh color of that certain ethnic group but i do feel it and i do see it that they think of it as as for arabs to hang in there as for muslim people to go there hmm. and i just wish that this message could be spread among the world not just right. the united states that if you go into an arab restaurant or a hookah lounge or anything uh, that has uh, products from middle east or or Turkey or other uh, Muslim countries, Indonesia, other etc. That is, if because they're Muslim and they're trying to be successful, don't take it away from them because of their faith. Right. Go and support them if you like their product. You don't have to buy it from them, but if you like their culture and you w want to try their food or hookah or or buy any products they sell. Go and support them. It's okay. I mean, being human is better than saying I'm Christian or I'm Jew, uh, Jewish, or excuse me, or I'm Muslim, you know, or any other uh, religion that you practice. No, it's better to say, hey, let me go and support. Let me do my due diligence of, of helping other people because the way you earn income also help other people earn their income too. Mm -hmm. right. What about like with, I mean, I can't imagine that I know that you got to be safe and, and, and germ-free and everything like that anyway with people passing hoses around right. in their mouths and stuff, but now we got coronavirus, which is a respiratory disease that, you know, ravaged businesses in America across the board. What did you guys do to kind of, like, not close the doors for good? Like, how did, how did you guys stay afloat? Yeah, well, we had to close our doors for the first time in almost... Uh, nine years and it was it was a very sad experience uh, it was almost um, mid-march mm -hmm. and we stayed uh, close till may 1st mm -hmm. and so when uh, the governor said you can open for 25 percent occupancy we opened up we took advantage of the uh, quarantine and remodeled the entire place <laughs> and uh, it looks different Stay it looks busy. great staying busy right so china yeah. make sure you improve right. and china make sure it you has get a dark that. time but you had to find some light in, in between there oh yeah right. oh yeah and and from there we you know put put some signs guidelines on there tell them that you're required to uh get in a mask Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, make sure you practice social distancing. So you get a couch right here, and then the next couch we wouldn't tell people to sit down. Right, it would be empty, empty, yeah. space it. Uh, but thank God uh, it, it went uh, to the next phase where it's fifty percent and now seventy-five percent. So that's helping our business a lot. Um, it's funny. 
we saw, you know, in the in social media, people are wearing a mask, and there's a hole in here, and so you yeah, can so put your hookah hose, nice. and, nice. and then smoke, but, <laughs> hey, you know, it, it, <laughs> when you have all the smoke in there, it defeats the purpose. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, yeah, it, does kind of, it does kind of paint a, a, a funny little visual picture it of, does. like, the masks, though, you know? Yeah, yeah, just like it does. When the, when the smoke is all just coming straight through, it's just like, <laughs> It's cool though. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it looks a little cool, but it's like, yes. yeah, it just, yeah, it just like it really makes you just want to be like. Yeah, but it was, it was. Uh, I was really happy to hear because we spoke about this before we uh, we started recording. Uh, we spoke about, you know, it didn't it didn't destroy you guys, you know, and no, you, no. and you said you know y'all are kind of doing better than before than, than last year, yeah. And yeah. so. Thank God. Um, I was really happy to hear With less that. occupancy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, of course, the the prime factor was the bars closed down, mm-hmm. and I don't wish on any business to close down, or whether it's temporary or permanent, uh, but that helped us out, and the clubs also uh, did. Um, I, I think it's it's also trending where people are saying, hey, there's an advantage of going to hookah lounge where you don't have to pay a lot of money for uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. You bring your own alcohol and you just pay $5 per person. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a keg, we have people bringing keg, coolers, <laughs> uh, um, I, you know, b- beer packs, whatever it is, wine, And champagne. you can bring them a bucket of ice or... Right. We, we do serve them ice. We do make money off ice. I, I know it's water. I know it's frozen. But hey, we got to pay cost to maintain your ice machine and 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 labor and Absolutely. all that and rent to keep the lights on but those those comments we do get it why are you charging for ice or why are you charging me to bring my own alcohol in reality well I am throwing it away for you I'm cleaning after you True. and I'm paying insurance to protect my business and and so you don't want me to make any money of that but but what about your saving mm-hmm. when you go and get a, a special mixed drink for I don't know, fifteen dollars, right. and then you can mix it at my lounge for only five dollars a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So drink as much as you want, but of course, uh, do you, we uh, do limit on on uh, how much you drink in there, even you, you if it's BY. But yes, of course, we have to. Are, we have to. That's what I was about to say. Is how do you keep out the riffraff? Oh man, <laughs> it's just. Uh, I know you gotta have you gotta have some riffraff stories. I. Personally, do. I still remember it. Like, <laughs> uh, it was my, been a long time my older listen. brother actually got yeah. into a fight out in the parking lot, and uh-huh. uh, it was quite. It, it, it wasn't all that bad, but there was fight in the parking lot. It was in the yeah. parking lot. We don't allow any fights inside. <laughs> no. <laughs> thing, it's a hookah lounge. It's not a club. Yeah. It, it is not ratchet. It's, yeah. it's right. very... Yeah. They took it very, to the street. It's very <laughs> elegant place, but yes, they did take it outside. Yes. And I don't care about what happened. <laughs> I do care about not being... Nobody getting hurt right. but hey that's their business that's yeah. not my business right. <laughs> yeah there was, there was a small scrap in the parking lot where right. i remember having in it and there was definitely alcohol involved right and, and so that does happen when and, and it's good to to monitor how much people are I, I i do get some thoughts here and there where i wanted to get rid of alcohol i wanted to get rid of byob and and of course being a muslim that you know you don't you don't sell alcohol and i don't sell it but they also tell you don't be around alcohol and don't um you know have any profit that relates to alcohol but 
in, in this case that I just believe that hey I'm, I'm not selling it and let the people bring what they want and and let them enjoy and what they what they want because that's that's their stuff and that's that's their personality their and it's their, their choice, choice yeah, exactly. over their own exactly own body yeah. And, yeah. and mind but just going to COVID really quick, um, you know, we had to step up our disinfecting the couches on a daily basis. Um, we had to buy Audubon and other, uh, mm -hmm. you know, solutions to to increase that, um, you know, to, to take the right safety measures, make sure we have sanitizer uh, bottles uh, around the lounge. Right. Uh, yeah. Was this uh, after the fact, after COVID, and now taking all these precautions... Do you think, like, we should have been doing this anyway? Do you think? We, we, we are <laughs> always cleaning right. our lounge on a daily basis. Right. Um, speaking of hookahs, we clean their bases, <laughs> the stem, uh, the hoses. You dispose them away after one-time use. That's already been practiced right. pre-COVID-19. And, and I, you know, I heard stories from other, uh, you know, customers saying, they went to hookah lounges and they saw dirty water. Uh, they tasted an old shisha hookah. Um, they felt like there's stains in there. And thank God from day one, from 2012, we always uh, had this policy where we, you smoke a hookah as a customer. When we take it from you, that goes in the kitchen. We clean it. And it goes back on the shelf, ready to be served the next uh, customer. And it's probably helped your business out a lot. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And the taste—it's—it's uh, it's like affected completely if you have a dirty hookah compared to a very right. clean hookah. Right, definitely. I know I've smoked some dirty hookah before. Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that, man. I'm well, I mean, when you're young and dumb, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we have a hookah just sitting yeah. in the corner, like it's been, it hasn't been cleaned in a couple months, and just, oh man, yeah, bad practices. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do, don't it, do that. No. Trust me. No, I, it's, just, it's I not, definitely don't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and it does affect the hookah life expectancy. Mm -hmm. uh, it start deteriorating. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Uh, do you want to jump into some more hot topics? Do you mind discussing the Middle East or? Yeah, absolutely. Go I for mean, it. I mean, we we touched a little bit on what's going on with uh, Israel and uh, Palestine. Mm -hmm. uh, do you kind of want to? Could you give us a rundown on the history? Well, you got uh, 1948 when uh, Israel uh, decided to move into Palestine with the help of uh, Britain. And if you want to go more back, I believe uh, uh, during World War I, uh, there was uh, uh, Six Pico. Uh, that's, uh, uh, it was based on a general where he drew the map on Middle East and divided uh, the Middle East into different countries different regions and so you got the uh, uh, Levantine and that's the land where it has Palestine Lebanon Syria um, and then you got Egypt on the in Africa and so also Jordan was part of Levantine and then Israel will get its own land and taken away from Palestine and so the state of Israel started where you bring in Israelis from World War Two and and sadly from what happened to them in the, the uh, Holocaust, right. yeah. Right. And so when they're coming uh, to Israel, they're 
you know, they're, they're settlers building settlements. And, uh, and that's where I started expanding, 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 where now we see it all over. All the way down to Gaza. The Gaza, exactly. So pretty much that's all Israel. And then Gaza is like this tiny bit, this strip, where it's like a, the largest human cell. I believe, in my opinion, uh, you you don't let them go out of Gaza. You don't let them bring their own uh, supplies. It has to be all uh, mandated by, by Israel. By Israel, of what they uh, what they can bring in and not and whatnot. They, I don't think they have a airport over there. Uh, you have to um, if you have to go fish. There's only a certain amount of feet you can go in the water to fish your own. You know, is that's it your because own of water. the resources? And so is that all? Is that all enforced by uh, by Israel? Israel? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's a huge. It's it's difficult. I mean, Gaza. We've been hearing about it many, many years. How many people try to help Gaza? But there's there's no solution, unfortunately. Um, you, you also look at uh, West Bank, and now they declared uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, mm -hmm. and that was a huge defeat for Palestinians and the and the Arab world. Uh, they didn't like that. Why? Because they they feel like now you already robbed my country, and now you wanna Still rob it. the name of of my capital, and you wanna take it what to your the, country, to what your was state. The capital basically. name before? Uh, I mean, Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem is the capital of Palestine, yeah. and and uh, that so then and you that's get you got Israel saying no, no, that's my capital. And Jerusalem that's, and is and that's my been capital. the case for thousands of years. Absolutely. Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, holy to both uh, Jews and right. Arabs uh, or Muslims uh, because of with the Dome of the Rock, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, I believe is where Abraham made his covenant with God. Is that correct? Is that why it's a holy place? Uh, well, I, I can tell you from, from, from my belief that... Okay. Uh, Prophet Muhammad, mm -hmm. he went to uh, Dome of the Rock, and, uh, and we he call it Isra and, and Maraj. You know that's where, that's when he flew from where he was in Saudi Arabia to Palestine, uh, the Dome of the Rock, and he, you know it's believed that he was on a white horse flying, and that's one of the miracles that God right. gave to Prophet Muhammad. I just want to give a quick note that we do believe in other prophets. Uh, we do believe in, uh, with Prophet Adam, Prophet Abraham, uh, Prophet Moses, Prophet Jesus, but Muhammad is mentioned in Islam more because he's the final messenger. Right. That's that's yeah. what differentiates, mm -hmm. and we believe in all twenty-five prophets. Mm -hmm. um, and so when he's the last messenger, w we know that he finished the the Quran, and it's inspired by God, and. Um, and that that tells you that okay, we are bringing stuff from the Bible, from the Torah, and now the the Quran is inspired, kind of where completed, completed exactly, completed everything. Yeah. Um, so back to the the history of Israel and mm. the the state of Israel and Palestine, what's going on? Um, obviously, like you said, it's been conflict going on for all. Our whole lives, that that conflict has been going on. Uh, do you, you I'm asking because you would know more than we do. Uh, unfortunately, it's just the way that things are. Where Americans don't either care because it's not part of our world. It's so far away. 
Um, we don't have family there. We don't know anybody there. It's, so it, it kind of just gets put in the back of our minds as Americans who aren't a part of that world. Um, would you know, uh, or how do you feel about the situation there? And is is there any hope for Palestinians? I wish them the best. I, I wish there there is hope. I, I don't think there is hope. Uh, the, this conflict, it's been over a uh, long time ago. Uh, there was a huge defeat in 1967. There was a war going mm -hmm. on. Uh, and Arab countries, neighbor countries, they try to help Egypt and Syria. Um, and, uh, and it didn't work out well. You got when you have the United States back in Israel. I'm not against that, okay? I'm just against uh, why do you want to keep other countries down? Mm -hmm. Because you want to keep just one country up. Yeah. And I believe that the taxpayers' dollars, American dollars, going to Israel, if we keep it in the United States, improve education, mm. hospitals, uh, transportation infrastructures I mean where we would where we would be at right now instead of keep paying them from the 50s and 60s and mm -hmm. 70s uh, I mean you know I, I believe the United States will be the greatest country in the world for the next hundred years but if they can use this a little bit more <laughs> it'll be for 1,000 years well if and, we start prioritizing the the citizen or the people we start putting a priority on people instead of the dollar then we might see that but that's going to have to it's going to take a, a change in the the consciousness of america it's 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 going to have to change and if we don't we might only have a hundred years left i mean empires have risen and fallen since the beginning of time and if we if we don't start to put a bigger emphasis mm -hmm. on the people as a whole, and if we start, if we keep, I think if we continue to prioritize the dollar over the human being, uh, we might not have another hundred years. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, 2020 is a great test. It, it will tell us right. where we're going, either upwards or downwards, and, and that's it. Right. Yeah, I would hope that uh, this experience in 2020, I would hope that it teaches uh, teaches us a lot about our humanity and uh, just how fragile human life is, and the fact that something like this can come and you know cripple us so Absolutely. easily, um, and hopefully uh, we could we could see a surge of of love amongst each other to say let's let's wear the mask you know when we're out in public and around you know people who've been all over uh not because you're being told to but because you care about your fellow man because oh, yeah. you care about your community and the people around you you know you don't know if this person is going to go uh and see their grandparents and then they spread a virus to their grandparents and their grandparents die so it's just a, a a care for the for your neighbor, and uh, so I, I would hope that this experience, and even after you know the election, if Donald Trump is 
no longer going to be the president. I thought I think that that has been an eye-opening experience for a lot of Americans. Oh, and yeah. why he lost this election is because when he did win the last election, so many of us were like, "There's no way we really let this happen." How did we let this happen? You know. I think it has to do with a little bit more of Hillary Clinton. Like, we don't want her. No. So let's just go for the second right. uh, the guy. The lesser evil. Yeah, the yeah. lesser evil. And now same thing with what happened too. Uh, because of Nobody the wants dislike of, of Trump yeah. that built on and on in the past three, four years. I'd be like, I don't want to vote for that character. Yeah. I, w- I want a better character. I want a better leader. Mm-hmm. Do I like Biden? Maybe, maybe not, but that that that's where like oh, that's a better option. Right. So that's how it's been it's, like trending since twenty sixteen. And it's something that we've kind of talked about over and over again. Is why do we have these two horrible options? Mm-hmm. And that's something I think it's going to come down to. Like we've talked about before, it's going to come down to the community level and who we decide to put into politics. Who who are we voting for mm-hmm. at the community mm-hmm. level? And. Uh, it, it's just it's it it still bothers me so much that right. we allowed it to get this way. I, I I just think and I pray and I hope for every single American that can see a light at the end of the tunnel where President Biden can do something to the Middle East, to Palestine, and to Israel. Yeah. Get them together. Do one time and last uh, peace mm-hmm. between them and, and open up borders open up borders with Lebanon open up borders with Syria open up borders with Gaza in America uh, Egypt <laughs> Egypt and, and let, them, let them start working together yeah. let them start uh, building together because look at Israel look at the Israelis themselves they don't like their government mm-hmm. they definitely don't like Benjamin Netanyahu mm-hmm. he's a corrupt leader a dictator a dictator <laughs> absolutely and, and, and that, that's not democracy, no. you know. Maybe democracy where your word is moved on to a, a senator and he got to take care of you and apply the the bad things that's happening and make it a good thing. Okay. And, and Oh, you're good. Keep going. <laughs> and so, so, so basically this is where, you know, that, that's where everybody should apply those democratic uh, uh, policies yeah. and 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 let the let your vote it starts from your vote and then your message to to those leaders and and mm-hmm. and work on it and not just ignore them and put them on the side. So and so that's your your hope for your prayer for you exactly. know the the state of the world right now and and I completely agree. Open up the borders and just like we talked about the 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 commingling of so many different people of diversity how much good that does you know to realize that we're all human we're all in this together you know uh to be able to open borders and let people be together and see that they can live together and they can work together for a common good uh i i'm i'm with you on that you know that's my hope too you mean I heard stories at the border between Israel and Lebanon. They're passing weed <laughs> from the Lebanese, uh, uh, you know, to the Israelis. <laughs> to the Israelis. So then, so then, you don't hate each other. You are supporting each other. You're giving. Yeah. You're sharing goods. Yeah. You're paying yeah. each other. And then, you want to go kill each other? Like, 
Well, like, like well, when when are the people gonna stand up from the inside to the outside? Right. Where you be like, enough problem. is enough. That's the problem. Is that you know, like you said, a lot of Israelis, the common man, the common Israeli, can't stand Netanyahu. Uh, the younger generation there, you know, they wanna they wanna have fun too. They wanna have good lives too. The people in in Lebanon, they wanna have fun. They wanna be able to. You know, sell some weed to the to the Israeli. And it's good weed, by the way. Yeah, it is that's really what's, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh. you have you know those people, and they they're like, I don't mind sharing my weed with uh, a friend in Israel. But then you have the government powers and the military powers, and you have Hezbollah and all these ideologies that kind of exist on a. On a pedestal up mm -hmm. here, and the common man is down here, and they just want to smoke weed together or something. And so, like, there's something about what's going on at top, at the top, that we need to figure out wh how, what created this, and how can we get, how can we move on? I heard you say that there was uh, 18 different uh, predominant religions yes. in Lebanon. Do you feel like, um, to a certain point, do you feel like enough of it is um, is religion helping or harming in uh, these in these uh, sp specific geographical locations where there's a lot of conflict? Because you know, for example, like in the U.S., we have a very diverse um, um, makeup of, of belief systems among among uh, our, our citizens and cultures and everything like that. A lot of people think. It's a Christian nation, but if you literally just like look outside of anything bigger than a town like this size, like you're gonna see a lot of different, uh, a lot of diversity, a lot of different religions and things like that. And you know, there's certain protections on them, and and you know, everybody's allowed to practice freely and all that. Um, but over there, you know, um, I know that there's a, a much greater majority of um, how do I put this? It it seems, and I might be I might be totally uh, conditioned by Hollywood to believe this, but it just it seems like people believe a little bit harder over there. You know what I mean? Like it see like you like like how you said, um, like with you know girls hugging guys and things like that. Like you know if you go to like a Christian youth camp or something, the, yeah. the people there are gonna be like, no, you're not supposed to be that close to another dude. You know what I mean? Or like wait till marriage type of stuff. Right, you know, right, right. The 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 rules are pretty much the same, mm -hmm. but in this culture, it's a lot less revered. It's like, well, if you want to follow the the Bible to the letter, then sure. But I don't really feel like it. I'm still a Christian. I'm still going to heaven, but I don't really feel like doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know. Whereas. Um, from what it sounds like over over there on that side of the world, it's just not like people people that people take it more seriously. Is that first of all? Is that a correct observation? Well, well, let, let's start with about the eighteen different religions. Mm -hmm. It is harming the government of Lebanon. It is you, harming the Lebanese people. Do you think that uh, choosing a, a ch picking one, or do you think that removing favor for all would be better? In terms of resolving that conflict, oh, absolutely. When 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 you have 
two parties here in the United States, Democrat and Republicans, mm -hmm. all right? And and then you have over there 18 different religions, and each one wants to be a leader mm -hmm. for their religion. Right. And then that same religion wants to have another party opposing it. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you get on the table and then agree and say, all right, so we're going to all agree on this? Well, you got to go through 18 different yeah. people or maybe hundreds of parties. It's way more than what we're talking about, just the 18 different religions. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as parties, there are hundreds of parties, and you have to satisfy all of them because they're using that religion as a weapon to like, no, I got to take care of my people. But in reality, they're robbing the cabinets. Mm -hmm. They're taking all the tax dollars or the tax lira <laughs> currency in Lebanon, and and they're not giving it back to the people. Mm -hmm. And that's when we see a, a government falling apart, the economy is crashing, uh, the worst we've ever seen where a dollar makes uh, 10,000 lira, and that's huge. That's like almost becoming like Zimbabwe or Venezuela, where they have to bring a big bag and fill it with money to buy one uh, a popsicle or, 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 or a soda can. And that's unbelievable. How do you go from a country where we became so westernized in the Middle East in the past 20 years, where they thought that we might become the OPEC, headquarters where we th where they call us the Paris of, of Middle East uh, um, the diversity of the religion makes us uh, want to be a Western country uh, Christianity in Lebanon is huge mm -hmm. and those people may not mm -hmm. practice the the you know separation between a man and a woman but the hugging is more common and and everything's changing now a Muslim woman will marry a Christian guy and a Christian uh, uh, a girl would marry a Muslim man, and that and that is that's amazing to have that in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And then they don't let us keep growing. They don't want us to grow. They don't want us to become Switzerland of of right. the Middle East, also because of our banking system failing. When you get all the oil uh, uh, countries, the Gulf countries, coming in and putting their money in our banks, and we're giving them eight to ten percent interest on their dollar. And then you convert to Lebanese lira, we give them 12% interest. And here in the United States, they give you 0 0.0001 interest, which is a better bank. Where you, instead of your money sitting here in your house or at the bank where you're not making any money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, trying to, I'm just trying to think of a way that, I don't, I don't know, is it, is it just understanding that would help Lebanon, uh, even up on the to the highest point. You know, the government, the leaders there, to put I don't know disdain for somebody else's faith uh, to the side or whatever. Does the government favor favor one religion? Like the 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 like for Lebanon specifically? Is there like if they do, civil war will happen right now. Okay. Yeah. So they are trying to avoid that. So of is course, there, is yeah. It, so that, that's a, something we've been th discussing as Lebanese people since the assassination of Rafiq al-Hariri. He was the prime minister, and he's a Sunni Muslim. And that's when we felt like we were going into civil war. And then in 2006, that's when the war happened between Israel and Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. And imagine you're fighting a terrorist group, and then the entire country 
is damaged no, from north to south. Yeah. Like how? Because the remove that, the, remove the right. terrorist group, and then and then do whatever you want. Right. Just don't keep it there. Right. And then and then leave the Lebanese so people live peacefully. So was the was the Lebanese government uh, government or the prime minister? Was he a, was he did he favor Hezbollah or? Uh, he, yes, he was against the Syrians. Uh, be, because of his death, that's when the Syrian army uh, left the country. The Syrian army had one excuse of being in Lebanon to protect the people, not breaking out a civil war and protect them from Israelis. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so that was an excuse that we didn't fall for. Right. They were obviously in there to control us, to control uh, their economy with our economy, combine them, benefit. And, of course, absolutely, and and that that really harmed us a lot, and then so we went from that phase to uh, to wake up and have a revolution, and that's all started from the prime minister uh, Rafik Hariri's assassination, and that's where it, it brought in a lot of Lebanese together of different uh, religions, and said, you know what, let's have a party called March 14. And, and that March 14 is when we went out in the streets in Beirut capital in 2005. It was like almost a million people out there holding their Lebanese flag and, and saying, you know what, we want the cedar revolution. That's what we're famous for, cedar trees, uh, that to, to go and spread in Lebanon and hopefully maybe in the region. And, and you won't believe it, six years later or five years later, it started spreading in Egypt when they removed uh, Hosni Mubarak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it went to Libya when they mo removed Muammar al-Gaddafi. Uh, it went to Tunisia, uh, you know, and, and, and it started spreading among other so countries. And then Syria in March 2011. So Syria was building a hole for us, and they fell in their yeah, own hole. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. karma, you yeah, know. So, yeah, so, so thank God. Uh, we felt like there's hope and when the hope uh, came across it died out when the, they opened up a war Hezbollah decided to kill two Israeli soldiers kidnap them and then, and then the bombing so, happened for almost a month thank yeah, God I USA was always the savior yeah. <laughs> they came in and stopped Anderson Cooper was there uh, Bill Hamer um, you know from Fox News they were yeah, on the border exactly. it was huge yeah. so um, is it is it something that the Lebanese people are, they don't want anything to do with Hezbollah or any kind of, uh, um, what would you call Hezbollah, a, a militia. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like, get out, leave oh. Lebanon. Oh, yeah. If you're going to do this, we don't want it here. We don't want war with Israel. We don't want, because unfortunately, like you said, you know, Lebanon's very small. And if, you get into war with Israel because of Hezbollah. Israel can very easily destroy Lebanon. Oh yeah, very easily, and just because of one extreme group. Oh yeah. Um, so is it the Lebanese people coming together now and just saying we don't want anything to do with? Especially the Shia uh, people that the they believe that it's a it's a part of Islam. The Shia group believes that. Uh, we don't no longer support Hezbollah, the majority actually, and Hezbollah is a Shia group. That's what they. That's what their okay. religion. And 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 so so whenever you have that, it's a huge boost for us. Yeah. It's a huge support for us to say, you know what, your their time is over. 
Okay, we wanna we wanna move on. We wanna build a peaceful nation where we're not divided. We're not using those eighteen different religions to keep, uh, you know, separating us and and breaking the government into into. Uh, small pieces where we can't even connect talk them anymore talk to each other yeah. and and have have oil extracted yeah. have electricity 24 hours a day people till now they only use electric motors generators to have electricity in their house wow. we use candles uh, i mean i mean why we're that in 2020 you're saying it's a third world country and, and and then we get electricity four hours six hours a day maybe 12 hours it depends on some areas and and then and then where's where's the solution? Right. Um, and like you said, like it's 2020. Right. Why are we still living like this? You know, there's there's so much more prosperity to be had, and if you if we're divided amongst each other, then we cannot, we will never reach that prosperity. I think if Hezbollah believes that they can eliminate Israel, even with the help of Syria, be even real. with the help with uh-huh. Iran. They are living in la la land. It's a fantasy. It's a myth. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's like wake up, yeah. all right, and listen to the United States. Listen to Israel. Israel is telling you, you know what? Let, let's open up borders. Uh, Trump helped that actually before he lost his election, and then they brought the sponsor, France, which is the mother of Lebanon, because we were conquered by the French uh, before we took our independence in 1943, and it's actually. Uh, today, today is our independence. Wow! Oh my right. goodness, November twenty yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah, crazy. Wow, yeah. I just remembered. Happy, happy, happy uh, Independence yeah. Day. Go Lebanon. <laughs> hey, awesome. Go Lebanon. Nice. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, today was also the day where J- uh, JFK was assassinated, mm-hmm. and so that, this this day is becoming a curse for us and a curse for the, yeah. for the JFK uh, family and and the, the United States. But but I just think we need we need uh, uh, you know a good opportunity where it's given to us so we can start building right and if we don't get that opportunity when we're begging for it mm-hmm. you know what fighting else, fighting fight, so hard what else do you, what, what else can we do other than that right. when we're going down in our streets and saying please you've been ruling this country for 30 years and holding the senate his name is Nabih Buri. just get off your chair and give it to other people, and that's what make um, what makes America so successful. Every four years, you might see a new leader. Mm-hmm. Maybe they give him an extension four more years. All right, great. He he'll probably do better or worse. But at least there's always new things going on, mm-hmm. and and the new talent, skills, uh, ideas. Yeah. Why do you want to stay in? in the government for 30 years why right. why so you can keep robbing the, the country more and more and 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 making your people your own people live in misery yeah it's it's a crazy crazy idea um i think we're we're going on a little a little long but it's it's good we're uh, about an hour and a half so we do want to keep it. Don't feel like it at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's crazy. We do want to keep it a little short, just uh, because sure. people like the exactly. long form discussions, but packed into a tiny package. Well, Anything you want to? Let's close out with this. So, uh, what's the name of your shop? Uh, Casanova Hookah Lounge. Casanova Hookah Lounge. Where's it at? It's in Richardson, uh, right off of 75 and Campbell, on uh, Collins Boulevard. 
All right, Casanova Hookah Lounge, you guys. Check it out if you're ever in Richmond. Thank you, thank you. Definitely go check it out. That's where these sweet, sweet hookahs came from. We're going to see about setting one up on a on an episode one time or yeah, something. Yeah, and just sit here and, and share some hookah while we talk. I'm glad uh, I came. I'm glad I dropped off a, a little present for yeah. you guys. Yes, and it's, it's you know, it, it, it reminds me of Christmas. Yeah, you got and, red and, and green. And I really wish, like, I tell my Christian friends, mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. I wish they tell me Eid Mubarak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if they don't. It's okay. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's always good to... Be respectful to others. Mm-hmm. Always good to respect what they believe. If I respect Christmas and I and I love Christmas lights and I take my daughter mm-hmm. and we go around and and see it and we enjoy it, it's okay if you tell your other friends they believe whatever religion they do mm-hmm. is to also be part of what they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you practice it. Right. But it means that you appreciate mm-hmm. what they're also believing, and and you're not disliking them either. So I what's the that, what's the phrase? Uh, Eid Mubarak is is a Eid type Mubarak. of our. It's one of our holidays. We got Ramadan where we fast for thirty days from uh, sunrise to sunset, mm-hmm. and we don't drink water or any when we don't eat any food, and uh, and that's the holy month, and that's called Ramadan. And then after that is when Eid comes which is pretty much like uh, Christmas to us. Mm-hmm. And we celebrate it for three days after we finished fasting for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when you tell them, Eid Mubarak, or, you know what, if you're not, you're not good in Arabic or you don't want to say it properly, say Happy Eid, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's Eid easy. Mubarak. Uh-huh. And Eid what? is spelled E-I-D. Uh-huh. Eid Mubarak. And Mubarak is like, you're congratulating, basically. And when is uh, when, when is this observed? What three days? Um, right after Ramadan. Ramadan is always changing every year. It goes uh, back almost eleven days, but we follow the moon, okay. and so on the the shape of the moon uh, that that night we pronounce Ramadan the next day. Okay, gotcha. Well, uh, uh, I appreciate it, man. It was sure. a it was a great, very. Uh, eye-opening discussion mm-hmm. and uh and it kind of gets people to understand the beauty of of the lebanese culture and even the faith of islam and what it really means to uh to be a muslim and to be loving and peaceful because that's right. what islam means right? absolutely yeah. so uh i think it, it was a great conversation we really appreciate it and uh for everybody listening and watching, go check out Casanova Hookah Lounge thank in you, Richardson. It's an amazing place. I haven't been in a while, so I do like I, I want to come and check out we'll all the redecorations you. and everything. I'd love to have you there. So uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, my much. pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. It's an honor to have you. You yeah. know, to sit down with you guys and discuss that. Uh, hopefully, it really does touch some people. Yeah. And hopefully, it should create you know a new beginning for. For sure. For some. Hoping at least a lot more handshakes and high fives. Yeah. <laughs>